Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Bat Books for Beginners. If you're new to this particular um, segment or podcast feed, then this is an opportunity for you to catch up with Batman's older stories. I go through Batman's career from start to finish. I'm about halfway through at the moment. Still plenty more to go and I've done some fantastic stories so far. So if you're interested in revisiting Batman and and going over some of his uh, great and weak stories, then this is what you want to listen to. My name's Nick, and today I'm looking at a story called Robin, the Joker's Wild. Now, this is the second series in a uh, collection of Robin stories that was done in the 90s by Chuck Dixon. This one in particular is a four-issue miniseries published in 1991, and it's hot off the heels of the first series, which I have reviewed on BBFB a few episodes ago. So, in this second series, we are back with the established Tim Drake, who is the third and newest Robin, and the first series went down so well that they asked Chuck Dixon to come back and uh, write the second series, and he's a writer who seems to be synonymous with Tim Drake, um seems to know the character very well, seems to always have exciting situations for him to go into, um, and I'm really enjoying everything I'm reading of Chuck Dixon so far. And the art is provided by Tom Lyle, who um, is a, has been a regular partner and did the art in the first Robin series as well. So these guys were both asked back to continue their story about Tim Drake, who of course didn't actually have a series or a book at the time, but clearly people were getting interested in this new Robin, um, enjoying his character after uh, the whole Jason Todd fiasco. This looked like a character people were getting behind, and DC were clearly happy to keep making stories for him. So, let's dive into Tim Drake's second series, The Joker's Wild. The Joker is scheduled for a visit from his mother at Arkham Asylum for his birthday. The institution reluctantly agrees to this meeting. Soon, the old lady who arrives brings out a Bible which releases a poisonous gas that breaks throughout Arkham Asylum. We learn that this mother was actually in fact one of Joker's henchmen, and Joker escapes as a result. Batman is out of Gotham attending other issues in Rio de Janeiro, so it's up to Robin to stop the Joker. Robin realises that the Joker must not be aware that Batman is out of town or else he will try to attract Batman's attention with some sort of massacre. In order for Robin to convince Gotham and Joker that Batman is still around, he places a hologram of Batman with him um, dotted around the city. While Joker sabotages a telephone company, he learns that Robin is displaying these holograms and he figures out that Robin must be alone in Gotham. Joker then strikes Gotham with a wave of cyber attacks affecting the police, the fire department and many other government agencies. Uh, Gotham is in chaos and the governor and mayor are ready to consider Gotham a disaster zone. Robin tries to track down where the computer attacks are coming from via the Bat computer, but the Joker fights back, almost hacking into the Batcave and destroying it, but failing, luckily. Joker then holds Gotham for ransom. Robin uses this as an opportunity to step up and make a trap for the Joker, to prevent him from uploading any more viruses that would send Gotham into chaos for years. 
Tim manages to trick the Joker, he uses the element of surprise and manages to defeat him. Alfred then tells Tim that Bruce will be most impressed when he returns. You blew it, Joker. Au contraire, bird boy. I'm just getting fired up. So in review, I think um, it's interesting that some of the best characters that we have in, in the Batman universe, other than the that than Bruce himself, on the hero side anyway, is the Robins, I think. Um, Dick Grayson, I think, has grown to be a fascinating character. Jason Todd, whatever you think of him, is an intriguing character, even now, with his uh, current incarnation. Uh, Tim Drake, much loved, even people like Stephanie Brown, and now Damian Wayne as well is doing very well as Robin, people are starting to come around to him. So clearly Robin is an interesting role that really a lot of people connect with Robin and um, it seems to really uh, bring out some good characters, that particular role for some reason. Clearly there's a lot of character development in that role. But I like this story, this baptism of fire, so to speak, where Robin is up against Batman's greatest nemesis, big challenge, first the the biggest challenge we've seen Tim Drake come across so far. Um, Chuck Dixon, I think, is perhaps one of the best writers when it comes to all Robins. Um, he certainly knows Dick Grayson the best, I think, and Tim Drake. He developed Tim Drake for years and years, even after this series. He really pushed that character, and I think made that character what it is today. And Tim almost reminds me a little bit of the Barbara Gordon Batgirl. In the way, with their style, it's not a case of being like Bruce Wayne. Tim Drake doesn't make as many mistakes as Barbara Gordon does um, initially. I'm saying I like Barbara Gordon, but she makes mistakes and learns from them. Tim Drake doesn't make so many mistakes, but he um, but he's not perfect, and you definitely get that when you get to understand what he's thinking and feeling at the time. He's not perfect. He make he does make mistakes. He is scared, nervous, whatever it is, but he overcomes it. And I think that is a similar style of writing that we come across with Barbara Gordon too. I enjoyed the Joker's mum idea. I thought it was quite intriguing. I um, wasn't expecting Joker to have a mum, and um, but I think I could have, I would have liked to have seen that played out a little bit more. Uh, we get a good little cameo from Mr. Freeze that I quite enjoyed as he confronts the Joker. Didn't last very long at all. Um, it was interesting that Alfred drives around with Tim in this book quite a lot because Tim's not able to drive yet. It was good to see Alfred really helping out Tim because we haven't really seen those two spend a lot of time together yet. The only issue was that he was constantly with Robin in public, which I thought was a bit of a giveaway for Robin's identity. Why not get Alfred to wear the domino mask that we see so often in the 60s show? Um, I liked the idea of Jim Gordon getting frustrated with just having a Robin, no Batman, fighting something as big as the Joker. You could see how he got a bit concerned. Um, Tim was obviously worried all the way through the book. I mean, this... Joker guy killed the last kid to wear the outfit he's wearing. Must have been very daunting. I thought Chuck Dixon managed to get through this quite well. I mean, Chuck Dixon has this old school style of writing. It does feel sometimes a little bit hip in the sense that Chuck Dixon's trying to be cool. He's trying to send out a message to kids don't do drugs, don't try and be the popular kid, that sort of stuff. And I feel that gets a bit dated now, unfortunately. Um, in the great morals and I I understand where he's coming from he wants to help kids but um, it does feel a bit dated unfortunately and 
I would have to mark it down slightly for that. I like the fact that Joker was shocked to see Robin, he thought he had killed him, and then was learnt pretty soon after that it was a different kid. Uh, the Joker was very good in this story, I think, he, he won relentlessly. Uh, it was good to see that he was knocking Tim back often, Tim was not winning the fight here, and it's good to see the greatest villain that we have in these stories isn't dealt with easily by Tim, because Tim is a bit of a novice, and it was good to see the Joker really shown to be powerful and, men and, and a big worry, and you can see why Tim was concerned when he had to go up against him. Um, the art in general, I thought it was good detail. I like the style, I think it fits the story well. The Joker wasn't perfect though, unfortunately. Um, not exactly how I'd picture him. It looked very classical and had a strange mouth, which seems to be... The, the mouth and the nose seem to be the big thing with artists and the Joker. I didn't think it looked quite right for me. But all in all, um, really exciting story actually. It was nice to get a break from Bruce and just focus on Tim Drake. I think he did a great job. Joker was menacing. I mean, you can't get... When you want to bring out a good villain, you can't do any better than that. And I think Dixon and Lyle did a very good job together, and I really enjoyed the story. Um, apart from a few very small minor negatives, I would say uh, it's it's a very good story, and if you like Tim Drake, it's one worth checking out. Four and a half batarangs out of five. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no, no. So you may have noticed that we do now have, as you're listening to this, or we will very shortly, BBFB will have its own podcast feed, which means you can listen to these episodes directly. So with that, I thought it'd be a good idea to try and re-energise BBFB, get the feedback coming in again. I want you to email me. You can e always email me at nick, N-I-C-K, at thebatmanuniverse.net I'm always eager to hear your feedback, suggestions um, go on the forums, let me know how you think of the show on there and yes, yeah, so I just want to get um, if you're new to BBFB or you're a regular listener please send me an email, let me know what you think any changes that you'd like to see we've got some exciting books coming up so I'm, I hope you can join me for those just because the DC comics are being reinvented, we, we don't have to ignore all these old stories. I think they'll still play a part, and um, at the end of the day, they're good stories, a lot of them. So if you just want to read some good stories involving some of your favourite characters, then stick with me, and I'll guide you through some good ones. So next time, we'll be staying with the Joker and learning a bit more about his ultimate love interest, and that would be Harley Quinn. And this story, which is called Mad Love, apparently defines the complicated and cracked relationship between the cute and crazy Harley Quinn and her pudding, the Joker. Now, I've not read much with Harley Quinn. Obviously, I'm familiar with her from the show, the animated series, um, and the video games, etc. Um, but I've not really read a lot with her involved, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that works. Um, so that will be in the next instalment of BBFB. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I've been Nick. Do please send me an email. And remember to keep reading.